So let's look at Joel chapter 2 here. In verse 12, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing. Grace offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the assembly. Obviously, as we look at this passage today, we're talking about fasting and prayer, which is probably good we're talking about this after the men's steak night, especially after the size of the steak I just had. So it's, it's good that, that we've got that. But here's the thing right here. Joel chapter 2, he is calling God's people to do what we are about to be a part of come Next week, January 22nd through the 28th, we are, in a sense, just like right here in verse 15, blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly. That's what we're doing by calling forth a, a week of prayer and fasting together to press into the presence of God to be closer than we've ever been before. There, there will be a prayer guide that will help you through this uh, not only kind of given some instructions, some things about prayer and fasting in general that might help you if you're not as familiar with that, but also just uh, actual guiding us through in ways that we can pray and help us in a time of prayer. Uh, this time that we're talking about, this week of prayer and fasting, is something for everyone. Not just a few select super saints here, but all of us are encouraged to be fasting. It's right about this time that someone's saying, what, 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 what did he just say? Did, did he just say, all, what, what, all of us, me, fast? Okay, let's just back it up a little bit here. Pastor, why are we fasting again? Maybe I need to hear that because you just said it, it's something for all of us. Why are we fasting? You know, as we think about this, why are we fasting? Well, we could do a play on words and say what we've got up here is that fasting is a faster way to get closer to God. Although it might be more accurate for us to say fasting is actually a way to help us slow down in our fast-paced, crazy, crazy, busy life and to get our focus off of the worldly day-to-day -day things and become more focused on the eternal God. Instead of getting so caught up with the pressing needs of life, we set aside a time that we might be caught up in the presence of God. As we fast and pray, and fast and pray go together, drawing nearer and nearer to God in such a way that we find Jesus becoming dearer and dearer to us. In a sense, fasting helps us to focus on our need for God. And somebody say, okay, okay, you answered that question. Why? But that's not really the question that apparently I was asking, right? That's what you're thinking. Some of you are thinking there. I really wasn't asking, why do we need to fast? What are you really asking? Why do I need to fast, right? Why, why, why do I, why should I be fasting? And while that sounds like a logical question, 
I would say there is a better, more biblical question that you can ask yourself. And that is, why shouldn't I be fasting? Why not? Because fasting is not some super special thing for super special Christians. Fasting should be a normal part of a normal Christian life. And if fasting is going to help us focus on our need for God, then there are two things we've got to at least cover today. Two things that we've got to look at. And the first thing is, as we're thinking about that, that we've got to grasp is that we need to see fasting as a normal way for Christians to get closer to Christ. For some Christians, when you talk about fasting, it seems a little strange. In fact, just downright foreign to them because in their Christian world, that's not something they've heard of. They've rarely ever been challenged their entire Christian life about fasting. Now, I don't know what we've had here before in the past, but how many of you would be willing to say, I don't think, uh, you know, this is not on you. So how many of you willing to say that in your Christian life, rarely, if ever, have you heard or had instruction about fasting? Anybody? Oh, look at you guys. There's a few, but not many. I know. And you feel like, I don't know, I put my hand up. But it's not something that always we heard. Well, we've heard about fasting. That Maybe that's not true. We've heard about it, but we think it's some old school religion thing. And we threw that stuff out with the dirty religious legalistic bathwater. That's not something for real Christians. Let's face it, there are some those Christians who would see fasting as abnormal to deny themselves of food or anything else on purpose. Why would I want to do that? Why? why? Fasting goes counter to the comfortable American churchianity that we have that is bought into the myth that being a Christian is about seeking our physical safety and security from God with very little need for sacrifice, especially any kind of sacrifice that would make us uncomfortable. Where we would actually have to do without or go without something. Even though that is the exact one of the exact main precepts of following Jesus that he himself said in each of the Gospels, including Luke chapter 9, verse 23, where he says, Then he said to them, All. This is what Jesus said in Luke 9, verse 23. Then Jesus said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Fasting. It's a choice to deny ourselves, to give up something for a time so that we might get closer to God. In, an, in a sense, fasting is an outward expression of an inward reality that desires to hunger and thirst for God. It is a normal expression of our faith. And I'm just saying this just so we can fast together. The Word of God. As we look at it, we see fasting was something that the people of God did. It was something that was a common, ordinary part of their faith as God's people were challenged to fast and to pray for a variety of reasons. 
not just Joel 2 here, which has its own reasons, but you go to Samuel, 1 Samuel 7, 2 Samuel 1. You could go a number of other places. I don't even list all those places that you could go to throughout the Old Testament, but it doesn't just stop there into the New Testament. You look at Acts into the early church. As the church began, Jesus says, Come, and he had gone to heaven, and the Holy Spirit was here, and yet they still fasted. Acts 13, Acts 14, and so many other places. And in those moments, God things happened when God's people fasted and prayed. It's not just that the Bible shows me so. More specifically, Jesus, who started off his ministry with 40 days of fasting and prayer, by the way, Jesus tells me so. Well, so many may argue, well, you know, Jesus and disciples and fasting with Jesus, when you look at the Gospels, you don't see a lot of fasting. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15, the disciples, John's disciples, came and asked asked Jesus, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Well, stop a moment. Basically, they came and said, How come it's not normal for your disciples to fast just like it's for us? He said, Well, I, I, I got an explanation for that. And it goes on there, as you see. Jesus answered, how can the guest of the bridegroom mourn when he is absent, when he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. Jesus clearly declares that there will come a time where he leaves, where he ascends to the right hand of the Father. He is no longer right there close to them. And when Jesus was no no longer right there close to them on this earth then Christians will fast to draw closer to Jesus who is no longer right there. Then it will be normal for his disciples to fast when he is taken from this earth. We see the same thing in Matthew chapter uh, 6 and verses 17, 18. But when you fast, notice he doesn't start out to say if you fast. Jesus says, when you fast, you hear what I'm saying? This is something that is normal for a Christian to be a part of and to do. It was just assumed that by Jesus it would be a normal activity. Otherwise, why would he go on and talk about what to do when you fast? If Christians weren't supposed to fast, if that was not something that was supposed to be happening, why in the world would Jesus give us directions about it? Unless, of course, we really were. In fact, Jesus other times talks about fasting in such a way that it seems that just praying, there are certain times that just praying for something is not enough. But Jesus says in Matthew chapter 17 that for this you needed to fast and pray. Not just pray, but he told his disciples there was a a particularly hard thing that they were trying to deal with as they were, and what we are trying to deal with. When we think about proclaiming freedom, To the people here in Oil City area, there are times, Jesus said, that as we see the example in Matthew 7, to fast and pray. Now, let me just be clear. Fasting is not about forcing God's hand. Fasting is not making Him do what we want or somehow changing His will. If anything, it is more about God changing us through fasting. And let's be clear. While 
Christians are not commanded to fast. We are commended to fast. Even expected that fasting would be a normal part of the Christian life. Now, if you're paying attention and you're that person who started at the beginning of the service, you're probably saying, what, 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 did you hear what he just said? We're not commanded to. Wait a minute. Then do Christians have to fast? Well, if we want to go down that road, we could say, do Christians have to do anything? You can make your choice as far as that has to go. But what happens is in the end, when this are, we are under grace, quote, Christianity goes on, it ends up getting turned into just another religion that is about what is the least that I can do and still be a Christian. Instead of asking the question, what is the most that I can do for the one who gave his all for me? It's not done to keep our ticket to heaven. It's not done to earn anything. We're not even trying to pay back Jesus for all that he did for us in, in, in fasting and praying. That's not what any of this is about. Rather, it is about a love that we have that has been so overwhelmed by Jesus that I want to do all that I can with my eyes on him, not me, myself, and I. A fasting that becomes one of the ways that I can draw closer to Jesus in an even greater love relationship. I say, okay, it might be normal. Okay, you got, I can give that to you that it might be normal to fast, but I don't feel led to fast and pray. Perhaps that's true. But first understand, God leads us in each step. God will lead you, can lead you to fast and not to fast. Either way, He is leading us. And since fasting is normal and not some super spiritual thing that's once in a lifetime, oh, I remember did that. No, since it's normal, then to say that I do not feel led by God to fast also means that I am positive that I have been led by God not to fast. Are you with me? We can't just say by our feelings, well, I don't feel led to do that. If you really are led by God, then you would feel led by God to not do that. God doesn't just leave us here and say, well, I'm just going to occasionally give you something and tell you what to do, and then after that, you're on your own. The Holy Spirit of God within us leads us in every move that we make. And so, let's not boil it down to really letting our feelings lead us with some spiritual sounding excuse when the truth is some people don't feel led to do much of anything they're not seeking after God with all their heart in such a way that they are close enough to God to actually hear his voice clearly saying this is the path. Walk ye in it. And yet the very ironic thing about all this is if we would just set aside time to fast and pray, we could actually be helped to get close enough to God and to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit to hear His voice lead us instead of waiting for some feeling or some writing in the sky. 
But to be that close to God, we just know. I found what John Piper had to say about fasting intriguing. He said, Christian fasting at its root is the hunger of a homesickness for God. Wow. I mean, think about that. I mean, that, that you had to kind of wrap your mind around that. But Christian fasting at its root is the hunger of a homesickness for God. He also states, the absence of fasting is the measure of our commitment with the absence of Christ. If we don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because we have drunk deeply and are satisfied God. It is because we have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Our soul is stocked with small things and there is no room for the great. That sink in. There should be like a wow. And then there should be like a whoa. Oh. We need to see fasting as a normal way for Christians to get closer to Christ. It's not the only way, but it is a normal way for Christians to get closer to Christ. But more than that, we also need to see fasting as a normal way for the church. For us as a whole, for the church to get closer to Christ. You see, there are Christians who would agree that fasting is a normal thing for Christians, but they would also say it's not something that should be done with others, it's just something that's private. And there certainly in no way should you ever be telling others that you are fasting or let others know in any way. Now, of course, that thinking has some serious ramifications about what we're trying to do and say, hey, together, We're calling for a week of prayer and fasting as a church and even to put your name down or at least your initials down on a particular day so that we know we have others who are joining with us on this time. And yet the Bible clearly lays out not just personal fast but public fast where everyone knew that everyone was fasting. Not because they were more spiritual but because that was just the normal thing that God's people were doing. Everybody knew they were fasting. It wasn't like, oh, we got to keep the secret. We all are fasting. That's just the normal thing that we're doing. They don't think it's wrong to let others know we're reading our Bibles or praying, do we? Then why do we have a problem with when we fast? God's people regularly fasted together. Again, you, you can go from Esther uh, 4 to Ezra 8 and all over the place throughout so many times, not just Joel, there are times like in Nehemiah 9, on the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together fasting. It's just, they did. It was normal. Together. Now there are those who would look into God's Word and, and see, okay, there is public. It's a normal part of the life, but how do you explain Matthew chapter 6? But when you fast, right? But when you fast, anoint your head and your face that your fasting may not be seen by others but by your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. My response to that in some way comes from the words of a a man I can't pronounce his name sometimes. You keep using that word I do not think it means what you think it means. 
<laughs> yeah, I can never say that. Uh, in fact, I would say in my life, uh, there was a time where I did not accurately grasp what Jesus was saying here. I believe fasting was normal for a Christian. I believe fasting should be a, a regular occurrence in our personal life. But I also believe that you should keep it completely secret from everyone. Now, I don't know that I ever received any specific teaching on that. Uh, it's probably just something I picked up, not just you know reading this quickly here, but from other Christians who I thought were more mature. Unfortunately, I ended up putting myself in a legalistic yoke about fasting that put an emphasis on following what I thought were the external rules instead of grasping fully what the point of the passage really is. In fact, it was so bad that I would actually get anxious about whether someone would find out that I was fasting. And then I would get upset if they did find out because that just canceled out all my fasting and prayer that I just did and I had to stop and I had to start all over again. Now, that doesn't seem right, but I mean, I was doing my best super spy impersonation. You know, not to get found out. You know, I could hear the music. Dun, 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 you know, all, uh, like, okay, I'm going to... The problem is you can be so secretive that in the end that you, you end up being deceptive or even lying about the fact that you're fasting, which I think kind of misses the point about getting closer to Jesus. Are you with me? You know, it, it just it doesn't quite realize. I mean, we realize how silly that sounds that somehow all the prayers that I had in fasting were now wasted because somebody found out I was fasting and praying. Not to mention how silly it sounds that someone who is close to you that you eat meals with every day will not notice that you're not eating. <laughs> As you're going without food. I mean, maybe a meal here or there, you could probably do that. Maybe even a day, but seven days? And please understand as well, because some of that instruction is coming, let me just kind of make it clear. I'm not saying that in this week of prayer and fasting that all of us are going to be fasting for a week. In fact, if you haven't done that and it's not a regular thing, I would not suggest that unless God really does lead you and then you should be led to come and talk to me. I can help you out with that. But God can lead you to in any amount of time within that or any within the day or a meal or here or there, but that we would in some way fast during this time. Nonetheless, I was missing the point. And in some ways, I was not considerate of my wife, who would fix meals at times, even thinking, here's what Tim might like, right? Except I wouldn't show up, or I would say, ah, I can't be there, you know, uh, uh, or even let her kind of think that maybe I'm not feeling well, and so I'm not going to eat, you know, because that had happened at times here and there. Uh, I realized though that I did not have to get bent out of shape and keep the secret which should have just been a normal Christian activity. Why do I have to keep secret something that should be a normal Christian activity? Now, obviously, we shouldn't be taking out a billboard, you know, letting people know, hey, look at me, I'm fasting, you know. No, and that's what Jesus is trying to talk about in the passage here. That's what Matthew 6 is getting at. This attitude that says, look how spiritual I am. But I should be able, out of a Christ-like care and connection, to share with my wife, especially as it affects her, not to mention also to share with my kids, 
after at least for an extended fast, that they can't help but notice something's up. In fact, it's not something I should want to cover up before my children, but rather for them to see the example that fasting and prayer is a normal part of the Christian life. Nor should I act like some undercover Christian spy if someone asks me about eating. I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. You know? No. You know, that it's, it, it's not the way it works. You may be thinking, okay, Pastor, that makes sense, but I'm still not getting this whole Matthew 6. Remember what it says? Let me just bring it back up on the screen. You have it in your Bibles as well. I hope you will uh, follow along. I mean, some of these scriptures I give you are up there, but many of them are just you. You have those on the notes and can turn to that. You say, I, I still have to go back to this. As we look at it closer, we need to recognize Jesus is not talking about how we fast. Jesus is talking about why we fast. The purpose of what he's saying here is why we fast. Because in Jesus' day, there were those who were pridefully showing off that they were fasting in order to look holier than others. Pharisees, who were lifting themselves up instead of the purpose of fasting, which was denying themselves. Jesus knew this. Jesus knew it because why? He's God and he can look at the heart, right? God looks at the heart, the Pharisees. Fasting technically correct on the outside, that's what they were doing. They were doing the right thing by the law. But the problem was that in their own hearts, it was not right. It was for the wrong reasons. It was wrong uh, that was focused on them and not on God. And let's just be clear as well. Just because hypocritical religious people abuse even fasting does not mean it is no longer valid. Just because some people abuse it and and go the wrong way with it does not mean that suddenly that is no longer valid. Jesus' point here in John chapter 6 is the difference between what uh, Piper says, being seen fasting and fasting to be seen. Did you hear that? There's a difference between being seen fasting and fasting to be seen. That's what, we're ta- that's what he's talking about. That's what he's trying to get at in this passage that's right here before us. Why? What is your motive? Why is your heart fasting? Is it about raising yourself up or raising up God's glory? Don't make this more complicated than it is. The whole, look how special I am because I'm fasting becomes a mute point if fasting is just something normal. Hey, look how special I am. I'm eating. Look how special I am. I'm drinking. Woohoo! Wow, you're special. Yeah. You know what? To say I'm special because I'm fasting is no different than saying I'm drinking or eating. Or I'm praying or I read my Bible. It's not special. It's just normal. There should be no pride in that. And perhaps you're starting to see, you know, that we shouldn't jump to the conclusion that all public fasts are wrong just because they're not private. Obviously, I'm challenging that notion that super secrecy, that no one else should know about it because then no one can join you in it if that's the way we think. In fact, I would challenge today 
that we either change the way we're thinking about fasting or we change the way that we've been thinking about prayer. Because some of you, I've said this, and this is the way Jesus is talking about it, and for some of you, yes, I get it, that's got it. But you know, some of you are like, it's black and white. It's black and white. I don't know if it's the same back there. You know, okay, so let's look at this directly, word for word. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father. It's about being seen by the Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Okay. But what does Jesus say a little earlier in that chapter? In Matthew 6. 6. Just... If you've got your Bibles open, just turn it, look back there. You, you, we were just in 17, 18, 16, 17, 18. Now look at 6. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Are you catching where I'm going? Actually, it's not where I'm going. Are you catching where Jesus went? Here, let me do it this way. All right, here's the first verse is about fasting when you fast okay when you fast it should be for your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you guess what jesus said those exact same words about when you pray your when you pray you should do that where your father who is in secret and your father who is in secret will reward you so if When we fast, it needs to be secret and nobody knows. The same exact words Jesus used for prayer means that we should be the secret about our prayer and nobody should know that you ever pray. Don't, don't ever tell somebody that you're going to pray for them because it's no longer secret and it's no longer good. And don't tell somebody, oh, I want to, I am so grateful to God because I prayed the other day. We were, I was out on those roads, on the winter roads, and, and I was praying, and God protected me. Uh, there was a dangerous place, and God protected me, and I just want to give testimony that God uh, protected me in answer to my prayer. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? You're tearing about your prayer and about what God did. It's got to be secret to your Father who sees in secret. We know that's not what that means. As we look at the rest of the word, we know that's not what Jesus meant by that. Because Jesus, in both of these passages, is not talking about how so much as why. We're praying. It's not this whole thing that, that we can't tell anyone. That all prayer has to be private. In fact, Jesus himself prayed publicly. People heard him. In places like John chapter 11, verse 41, Jesus prayed it out there. So that's not what he means when he's saying that right there about prayer. And since he uses the exact same words about fasting, it's not what he means about fasting the way I used to look at it, thinking that it just means you can't tell anybody it's got to kept secret and if it's not, it's bad. That's not what he's talking about. So while in general people don't need to know that I am fasting, as well, I don't need to hide it out of some concern that my fasting will be negated. I'm not saying we should all get t-shirts, you know, 
OCCA, week of fasting and prayer. <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, and, and maybe there should be like this warning. This individual is fasting. And on the back, watch out for them. <laughs> Stay out of their way. You know? No, we're not going to do that. that. That would be, you know, wrong. But there's nothing wrong with the obvious fact that fasting is a normal part not only of our Christian life as individuals, but as of a church life, of the people of God's life. And we know that we're doing it. If we could boil it down in this way, fasting is something that is personal, but not private. For all that matters, isn't that a problem thinking that happens in many churches when religion takes over? We end up seeing Christianity being something that is private. We hear that in America. We hear that from people. You need to keep that between you and God. Don't talk about your faith. It's a private thing. No, it's not. I know what my faith says. It's not just my faith. It's what my faith says in the Word of God. It's not. I should not be living my faith as a private thing. It is personal, yes. But it is not private. It is not just for me. It is not just about me. It is not just something I should keep to myself. But rather my faith in Christ is something that is very public, which includes even the normal fasting part of life that goes on that is done publicly when we are publicly fasting together. Not to be seen as something super spiritual, but to be done together as ones with right hearts that seek to press in closer to the presence of God and to see Him more. Fasting helps to get our eyes off of the things of this world and to focus more upon God. We not only need to do that as individuals, but we need to do that corporately, as a body, as a people of God together. We need to get ourselves focused on what matters. There's a number of reasons for that as a church, but so often churches can be distracted by the devil's schemes when it deals with whether it's being distracted by worldliness or plain fleshly, prideful bickering, or simply just majoring on the minors, missing out on keeping the main thing the main thing. It's so easy to sound spiritual as we press our point about our personal preferences or convictions, and yet we let the absolutes of the black and white of the Word of God fall by the wayside. That can all be changed if we could just make it a point to press into the presence of God together instead of pressing the issue with other people. What if together in our our church we started to, to passionately pound the table with other Christians about verses like Psalm 73, verse 25. Whom, and I, whom have I in heaven but you, God? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. What if when we're really talking with other Christians and what was important in their church, and we said, I'm going to pound the table on this one, Psalm 42, 1. As the deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, God. My soul thirsts for God. For my flesh faints for you. In Psalm 63, my soul thirsts for you. 
in a dry and weary land where there is no water. God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. We seek you. Here's what matters first. Here is what we need to come together in agreement both in our actions and our attitudes. We need you, God. How we need you. Let us join together fasting and praying that we might press into the presence of God closer than we have ever been. Not just as individuals, but as a church. And recognize as we do that how desperately we do need Him. And if we need Him, we should want to use whatever means possible, whatever way we can, which includes fasting and praying to passionately pursue Jesus. To participate in a normal, natural, Christian activity that cries out for the supernatural God to move in and through us. Let's pray. Worship team, come as we pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning that you are here. And yet, Lord, we would be hard-pressed to say that we are as close to you as we have ever been. And even if we could say that this morning, what about tomorrow? Lord, I pray that you would pour upon us, as it says in Zechariah, pour upon us a spirit of grace and supplication. Not only as individuals, but as a church, that we would seek your face, that we would press into your presence draw closer to you, even in prayer and fasting. That we would not stop because of our convenience or comfort. While there may be some that need to consult a physician and other things regarding this, Lord, there is always something that we can fast from that is near and dear to us that we might be nearer and dearer with you. Lord, in all of this, it is about our need for you. Lord, we need you so much, and yet we do not fully grasp how much until we get closer and closer. Even this morning, speak to us. Move in us. Draw us nearer to you. We thank you for this, Jesus.